Welcome to Love Lift Life podcast. I'm your host, Yuko Kudo, an artist and storyteller. Here on this podcast, you can connect with the like-hearted people one story at a time. The conversations focused on art, people, and social good. Special thanks to Prime Produce Apprentice Cooperative, Guild for Good, here in the heart of New York City. I see you, I hear you, I love you. Because we need each other more than ever, and we don't have to do it alone. So now, let's connect. In this episode, I invited Janelle Lawrence. They are Afro-Latinx interdisciplinary artist and an educator. Here's Janelle. Thank you, everyone, for joining me today. Today, I am very excited. I've been waiting to have a conversation with Janelle. So Janelle is an Afro-Latinx interdisciplinary artist and an educator, and they have musical plays and performances, visual art presented throughout New York and California. And I'm so excited that you're here, Janelle. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I think it's so beautiful that you're like running a podcast that is so powerful and empowering. So thanks for having me. Thank you. And you have your own podcast as well. So I can't wait to dive into that part of conversation as well. Before we do that, how are you doing today? Today I am feeling, um, I've been using like a really funny term, which is like bewildered, blessed in book. Mm. I'm feeling a little bit of that. What does that exactly mean to you? <laughs> it means I'm a little um, busy, a little all over the place, um, because I am booked and I am blessed to be booked. Mm, I love that. And blessed to be booked. I know that feeling. <laughs> awesome. So I have one fun question to start out this conversation. What is a fun fact that most people don't know about you? Oh, well, you know, I don't know that this is a fun, I, this is a fun fact that most people forget about me, which is I'm allergic to chocolate. What? Yeah, I am allergic to chocolate. When did you learn about this? As a child. That must have been really hard. You know, it was it was probably it definitely was in the like middle of my life. Like I want to say when I was in high school and I was playing on a sport because I would go the, I was on volleyball. I was on the volleyball team and I would go visit the football team's games because they would come to see our games. It was this really like unspoken appreciation. Mm-hmm. Um and everyone would, because it's always so cold, everyone would always get hot chocolate. And I would, like, really want hot chocolate. That's the only time that I think it really bit me in the butt. Wow. I've actually never met anybody who is allergic to chocolate. So thank you for like, sharing that. Okay. So let's dive in. I am, again, I'm super excited because we met back in 2019 when you were curating Broad Vision on Broadway and I went to see my friend Brandon Roommaker and I just loved how you welcomed me and you're the type of the person that said, I just want to be your friend and can you be my friend? <laughs> so yeah, so I'm kind of mad that it took me a very long time to actually send out email that, hey, Janelle, can we have this conversation? <laughs> so I'm super excited to be learning a little bit more about you today. Same. I'm excited to, like, 
share and maybe a little awkward. Sorry. <laughs> yep, the that's the beauty of the podcast and that's the beauty of getting to know each other. Yay. So you shared me the other day that you've been very creative from early, early age. And I started playing music when I was three and exposed to art very early on as well. And But I was the person that I couldn't really resonate or identify myself as an artist. And so I'm curious, did you always know that you're an artist or was it something that you have to work on it to call yourself an artist? Oh, um, I, so artist is actually a really classist term. Um, and classism is a real thing that we live in. So like, it's not crazy to be classist. Um, but how we operate within classism is really important. And so the term artist wasn't even introduced to me until I was in college, which is an opportunity that I got because I'm privileged enough to afford it. And I've gotten scholarships. Um, prior to that, I was, I had played the cello, the violin, the upright bass. I had been singing in all of my school choruses in area, all county. I had been in all districts, several years in middle school. Um, no one had introduced the title artist to me throughout that entire time until I was wow. in college. And the moment it was introduced to me in college, I felt really overwhelmed. I felt like, no, I come, I'm definitely not an artist. In the original thought, I was saying stuff like, oh, you know, like an artist is like a term for like painters and, um, you know, people who do like visual, physical art. And I don't know that I really fall under that. And then eventually I made it to the point where I started thinking like, artist means that you're working on like a certain caliber. And like, I don't know that I've done that or I'm there yet. Like, I can't live in that realm. Um, and then about maybe five years ago, I don't know, time is crazy because I feel old, but I'm also really young. <laughs> <laughs> like somewhere like five to seven years ago, I fell into the title artist. I was like, you know what? I am doing work that is artistry and that I am, I am enhancing my artistry and that makes me an artist. And then about two years ago, I was like, I'm actually not just an artist. I'm a storyteller and like mm. being a storyteller is way more like way more of a comfortable talent um, title <laughs> than um, artist because it really allows me to express, to do the thing that, to name the thing that I am doing, which is telling stories. I am telling stories with words, with phrases, with music, with instruments, with silence with sounds like I am telling you a story. And so I may not be an artist, whatever that holds on to it, wherever I'm at with that. Um, but I definitely am a storyteller. And so my journey with artists, even the term, is probably ongoing, to be honest. I never actually met anybody who introduced me to the idea that artists is a classism and so thank first of all thank you for introducing me to that idea and I can resonate with the idea of not being able to identify myself as an artist because of the certain you know you have to be making money or whatnot and that's actually the reason that I couldn't identify myself as an artist and I am totally in alignment with what you said about the storytellers and I love the fact that you said 
even using the silence as a part of the story, which often not been recognized. I love that. Thank you. So the, in terms of storyteller, right, you had a different medium that you've been using. And so how has that journey been like exploring different mediums and telling different stories? Oh, um, it's been beautiful. It's been so beautiful. It was really scary, you know, because I think also with the weight that I give to artistry, I give so much respect to it. I'm giving it respect, you know? Mm. I'm giving people who work in that specific genre of artistry respect because for me, it means that they've held so much on or they're putting so much in to what they're putting out. Um, mm. And so when I like started to, I will name, I will name, I dabbled in other artistries. I walked in so humbly so I'm so sorry I'm so sorry I know I'm terrible can you just explain this thing to me you know mm -hmm. and I didn't know that I would recommend that for everyone um I don't know that I hate that I did it myself mm. it, that's twofold I don't mean that anyone else needs to go into anybody else's genre humbly or like making themselves small and I don't mean that I didn't like moving in that way Mm. I think I moved that way because of the way that I gave that respect. And what it allowed me to do was really absorb from the people around me who were great. Like I had, I had a lover who was a photographer and I just like was so into the fact that they were a photographer. And I really, without really noticing it was, I thought I was paying attention to my lover, but I was really paying attention to how they took photos um, for the very brief time that like they took wow. photos in front of me. And then like months later, I got a DSLR camera and it, I primarily got the camera because I wanted to take videos because I was really starting to enter into performance art. Mm -hmm. And I started learning about the camera by taking photos. And I just started asking those people around me and remembering a little bit of what they were doing and like the motions that they had to do. And I think that gave me like a bigger, a, a giant step foot in the door and, a, and the foot in the door was not to their industry it was to my artistic like journey like it gave me a new path a new door that I can step down in my journey and I needed that um and I don't know that I'm answering your question but I am answering what it feels like to be in multiple genres and mm -hmm. like um how I got there and now that I'm here I'm I'm actually still always like it's so funny now that I've started dabbling in other genres I'm still other, I'm still exploring othering. Like, what does it mean to, now I'm, I'm dabbling into sculpture. I have like a whole project where I'm going to build a sculpture this summer. And like, what does that look like? That's super exciting. Like, what is it about, and maybe that's a people that you're interacting with or the story that you want to tell, or maybe that's more intuitive thing. Like, what are some of the things that draws you to different medium? Ooh, expression and storytelling. Like, if I go down to my root, I think of the different ways that I can express a story, make that story more accessible, make it more digestible in a way that doesn't make it pedantic. Um, other mediums do that. They allow us to speak to each other in different ways and ignite different things in our brains, you know, like, 
people who go into galleries and they stand and they stare at paintings for like hours there that's igniting something in their brain and I want to I want to do that too with my work and I know that like that same thing may not work for a person who's who doesn't like sitting in through a musical and I want them to sit through a musical so I want to figure out how I can speak to them that gets them to sit through my musical message and when you say sit through this experience right do you want to spark more curiosity do you want people to reflect on something like what are the some of the things that that excites you <laughs> um i like people to think i like and i know that that seems really basic um but i really want someone to walk away from a show and think a little bit about their lives in relationship to this show or the characters in the show or the piece or the project or the art um and i want and or i want someone to feel seen and feel like oh my gosh i've lived that i've experienced that or i feel like i've experienced that now that i've seen this i love that the feeling of being seen through the art that it's something so precious that it's so precious like it, we don't often talk about it and i am so grateful for those moments like wow this person don't know me but this person knows my story or people right and it takes a lot of courage for storytellers or creators to really dive into that intimate place yeah and i I think that like thank you for naming that and seeing that um because intimacy is important to me like as a human being I'm really learning that about myself and it's so funny because I don't know how often we talk about the different forms of intimacy and my creative intimacy is like really like there are moments when you can tell that I have I have made something that is good or you know fine or bad <laughs> Mm -hmm. um, and then there are moments when you can tell that I've created something that is intimate to me. And because it is so intimate to me, it maybe doesn't even fall into the category of good or bad or great or perfect. It's just like so rawly seeing into a person. And I like that. I love that. I've been having a lot of conversations around giving birth to our creative work. It's very much the same as a parenthood right? Creating time to nurture before we put that out in the world, should we choose to do so. And then seeing them go out of the nest or seeing them grow in you know, places that creators didn't imagine or expected to go to. And I think that it's a beautiful space. And like, as a storyteller, once you put it out there, how people experience your work it's so different and that's not something we can control and yet we still create it and put it out there and i love that you said some of your work doesn't even categorize as a good or bad because it's so intimate to you i just love that and i think that's like really really what i see i've only seen your work very limited amount of your work and but that's what I see right whether that is from the podcast or from the music or the way you curated the experience of the, the show that Brandon was in 
I saw the intimacy and the connection and the personal care and everything. And one of the questions that I wrote down is, what was your journey to really build the intimacy with yourself? Oh, loving all up on myself in ways that I didn't even realize it. In like, like going to therapy was loving up on myself. I've been in therapy for a while, and I've had bad therapists. I've had bad psychiatrists, or I've had maybe they're not bad, but I've had I've had psychiatrists and therapists that don't work for me. Mm. Um. And I have had ones that have really helped me. And I've been my own therapist. Um, loving up on what it means to rest and to, like, um, take the time that I need. And also what it means to, I'm laughing at myself because what it means to really push myself. Last night, <clears throat> this is a tangent maybe, but last night I had to stay up until, like, 2.30 to get in something for a deadline um, for... A show that I'm working on and I was so fine about it I like was drinking water I maybe had some like cane cane sugar soda um like some fruit like I had set myself up so well to need to stay up early you know like mm -hmm. little, little bits of sugar but not terrible sugar hydrating myself I wasn't grumpy um and I laid down in bed at 2.30 and was just like, whoa. I remember when I was younger and, like, I was, I had no idea. I was peeling my eyes open at this hour to get stuff done. The stuff was terrible. It was, like, you know, like, I remember, yeah. when, like, this. these were the hours that I, like, um, hated, dreaded, you know. And I'm, like, I, I have learned. I have grown. Um, I have taught myself how to care for myself in these moments and that like uh that has really that you know changes my my work you know output i can put my creative intimacy into work at two o'clock in the morning on a long day because i've set because i've put i've fed um healthy mental uh and uh digestive intimacy into myself that's so powerful and I'm gonna go back just a little bit about you said you went around different type of therapy that worked for you that didn't work for you and I think we're t still talking about whether we can get therapies or like that into our life and like you being able to identify this worked for me this didn't work for me and this is something that I'm working on I think that process it's something that especially like in as an artist like we really get to talk more so thank you for shedding light on that first of all and what was some of the most exciting discoveries since you started to become more intimate with your work correct me if i'm wrong you also have the background in psychology and like you do a lot of work around healing through music and the theater work so how does those like all impacted you collectively yeah i'm one big gumbo soup they were all just thrown in there you know I uh I'm grateful that I have always leaned towards music and because of that I was in a public school that had a chorus and an orchestra that I could be a part of and I had a mom who like understood that I needed to be in activities or I could end up on the streets and so she put me in activities um I had stories to tell I thought up stories I used to make up stories I used to create stuff you know mm. um 
And so from that little, from always having that inside of me, that was already in the soup, you know, that's like the base of the mm-hmm. And then I'm an athlete. And so like, I don't even know what that does, but that's in the soup. <laughs> um, I am a dancer. And so that's in the soup. And because I'm a dancer and a create, and I'm a creator because that all of the things from my childhood. Um, and so that makes me, that like makes a nice choreography gumbo, you know, just like all of those things. I guess I'm really, yeah, I'm a gumbo. And like, it all comes from observing and being in all the different roles allow me to do what I do. <laughs> mm. The way you use a creative gumbo is like, a, what's your secret sauce and spices? <laughs> right? Yeah, that's yeah. What I'm giving you. Like, I just gave you my secret sauce and spices. Yeah, no, seriously. Like, I'm really, really grateful to hearing all of this. And I want to ask you a little bit about uh, your podcast, Inside My Box. And you said it right you want people to really take in uh, your the story take in the moments and the experience and i really enjoy the final episode or episodes and season one about the reflection and i think that was the perfect summary of what it is and i couldn't help but having a desire that i, I just need to pause this right now and journal like a half an hour <laughs> so it was really hard to actually get through the whole entire episode because everything um, was so powerful and how everybody is willing to share and vulnerably and being intimate with that conversation. So thank you for creating that space for people to listen and feel seen and talk about it. Yeah, thank you for listening. Absolutely. And so you started in the beginning of the pandemic, right? I did. I So it actually, it's so funny. I had like a false start or like not really a false start. And I don't know how many people in the world know about it, too. Um, I created the first episode of this and then I submitted it for um, Spotify's Sound Up program. Mm. And then I did nothing else to it. Well, then I made another episode, but I didn't like it. So I took it down and then I got accepted to Spotify's Sound Up program. And that really um, gave me a lot of the tools that I needed to like learn how to, what what sort of format I wanted to do, what sort of style I wanted to have, really like slide into myself. And then when I finished, and there's like it's like a multi-layered thing. So they take in twenty people and they train these twenty people out of like thousands of applicants in in a formula, and then they build a deck, and then they pitch their deck to these production houses. And then these production houses have the opportunity to take it then, or they have the opportunity to like have, I don't know that I'm allowed to say this, but I don't know what <laughs> I'm to say. So I'll just say they have the opportunity to take it then, or they could take it another time. And, um, and I was luckily too, I was one of the people who they said, I'm not going to take it now. I mean, it was sad because I would love to be with a production house. It was also really good because it allowed me this my in my first season to do exactly what I wanted and I don't know that when I finished the program there I knew exactly what I wanted. I love that. I'm very very fascinated about that story. So what led you to apply for that to begin with? Um it just kind of came around on something. I don't even know, you're right. Like what 
brought it into my stratosphere because there are so many things to apply for as an artist. Mm. Um, I can't. Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I remember. So I had made a friend. This is one of those really crazy, like, extension things. I had made a friend named Camille. I cannot remember how I made this friendship. But we were people who, like, every two or four weeks would have, like, a Zoom chat and just, like, get to know each other. She's a producer in L.A. And she was, like, she, she sent me this. She was, like, hey, I know that you um, are into podcasts. Like, try this program. And she had never done it. She had just seen it somehow in her circle. And I was, like, oh, you know, I had, like, done the false start of my podcast. And I really wanted to figure out why I didn't enjoy like feel like I was doing the thing that was right um and was grateful that then I got in that's like one of those serendipitous moment and I love that did you record most of them live or just the last two episodes just the last two episodes I recorded live technically the last episode I did like one live last recording where I had people also come in or like zoom in um, and it ended up being so long because I was just in the in the set that I had to split it split it in half. Got it. Yeah, I, I was. I actually did enjoy the fact that there are two parts to it because I wanted to stop and pause and journal the whole entire time. <laughs> What are so, some things that you journal? Um, like one of the things that I really wanted to journal was right after I heard your piece like what makes an artist cry i didn't even know what i was feeling but there is so much anger that was coming from it and there was so much um pain that i was feeling what makes me cry as an artist and why and there are a good type of cry right there are healing that comes from it there are processes that i get to do from it but in that moment when i was listening there was a lot of anger and Maybe that was a part of like the classism that we talked about earlier or like how artists were not being treated right during the pandemic and whatnot. So it gave me an opportunity to reevaluate what does it mean for me to be an artist and being a creator, being a storyteller and being someone who loved the artistry and being able to learn from people learn from the story that I'm telling and it gave me an appreciation so I want to thank you for that moment to reflect it was really rough to write about those things <laughs> and I'm always mad that when I not mad but it gets it gets me upset when I feel angry about things totally and like anger is such a valid feeling right What makes you angry? Oh my gosh, traffic makes me angry sometimes. <laughs> and that's something like when I used to get angry about traffic, I would be like, Janelle, like this is such a silly thing to get angry about. You know, it's so out of your control. And then I'd be angry at myself for being angry. And it'd be like, it's a destructive cycle. And but now when I'm angry about traffic, I kind of am like, this is right. You're a lot like you're, you're right. It makes sense that traffic sucks and you would be annoyed by it and I, you have somewhere to go and like what we can do with this anger is we can try and use it to think about like if we're going to be late how we solve that problem or we could like think about like I just really try and refocus it mm. so I used to live in LA and when I stuck in traffic and I was mad 
beyond bad i would like stuck in four or five where i could go to this one place in 10 minutes if there's no traffic but i'm stuck there like two hours right and what i used to do i just belt out loud and i'm pretty sure the person next to me can hear it so so vividly but i didn't care i just kept singing that's totally okay you what you gotta do yeah and that's like i ironically that's something that i missed though because I, now i don't own a car i don't drive and there's not so much um moment to sing out loud like that anymore i missed that a little bit um so i'm curious because you are also an educator right how does that life been for you especially during this time because and and mind you you're also a student of life you're a student of life and an educator so you have a lot to offer i'm curious like what who are you like an educator uh who am i as an educator i know i'm i'm really marinating on this question um you know what i as an educator am like a future first I don't know that that's a great phrase, but it's what came to my head. And I'm really thinking about the fact that my students are the future and that they have had a past and that their past has probably had some sort of trauma in it. And how do I make sure that as they move towards their future, they are healing from that trauma and causing less trauma simultaneously? Uh, and that comes in the form of music, you know, like musical theater and in, and in really engaging in a healthy musical theater environment in my school. Mm -hmm. I really keep us, the I try and keep us really healthy. Um, simultaneously, it happens in restorative justice. I do a lot of equity work in my school. Um, I do a lot of like advocating, like students, students will come to me to ask me to advocate on their behalf with other teachers. Wow. Um, so that feels really good. I, I love that because when the teacher or educator will understand, again, that's the intimacy, right? Like when you can speak on that level and people trust you, the student trust you, that is a, another intimacy that you're creating. And for the advocacy work in terms of thinking forward and creating the safe container or creating the container for the youth advocate for themselves right like what are the some some of the containers that you want to create for the youth mm, i i want to create a space that's impossible which is a safe space um but i think for now i will get by by created as creating a sacred space mm. safe space right now is impossible because we don't know everything about them i don't i mean like the youth are not a, a monolith and therefore I cannot create a space for a monolith and expect all of them to fit within it. I think I can, and that's to me what would be safety, but I can create sacred space, spaces where we can talk about things, where we can work through conflict because conflict will arise and conflict is innately a little unsafe. Um, but we can try and work through it, know how to work through it in a sacred way, sacred means means that there's some sort of ritual, there is some sort of boundary. Mm, I love that. I come from the place of I don't get to decide what's safe or not safe for other people. So I don't want to say I want to create safe space because that's not for me to decide, right? 
um, I want to create inviting space and I, I love the way you said it. It's a sacred space that you want to create. I love that. <laughs> I, Janelle, I have to say, you are like helping me this marinate so much right now, even this conversation. Wow, like what does it mean had I had a sacred space when I was growing up? That, that's something that I want to marinate right now and I think that's what you do. You create intimate space and intimate um, moment for people to reflect on their life and their being right at this moment and pushing people forward, whatever that forward means for those folks. And that's your superpower. I'm feeling Janelle. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, so what is this, some of the what's next in the world of Janelle right now? Um... What's up in the world of Janelle? I'm, I think I can announce this. Uh, I just finished up a gig for a theme park, so I can't wait for that to open up. Congrats. I am working on my personal sculpture project. I'm hoping to pitch uh, group therapy to some folks for August. I am in workshop for a show that I am composing for that's going up at the Kennedy Center in 2022. Wow. And my podcast, my season two of my podcast comes out at the end of July. Yay! I love that. Have you started recording already? Yeah. Well, we've already, all of them are recorded. I'm in like, I edit them as well. So I'm in like editing land and have been really crazy busy. So haven't really been good at it. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're great. Editing is a whole new world. It's another layer of storytelling right there thank you it totally is and that was a skill that i'm really grateful that i got some practice in through spotify mm. yes and i am so glad that that journey led you to keep going and we get to hear more stories and you get to have more moment to reflect and i am very grateful for that so um i have one more question towards um, to close up, but before we do that, um, aside from all the updates that you gave us, how can people find you? They can find my personal Instagram at Janelle Mayer, that's J-A-N-E-L-L-E-M-A-I-R-E. And you can find my podcast at InsideMyBot.podcast. Thank you, and it will be in the description as well, so please make sure to follow Amazing Janelle's work. And my last but not least question is, what is a message or a call to action that you would like to share with the world right now? Express yourself. That's it. <laughs> I love it. I was like, really, are you going to keep singing more? <laughs> no just that little bit express yourself like do it in a way that is beautiful that is loving that is healthy and healing and not harmful yes yes and yes express yourself yes that's a beautiful and powerful call to action and again Thank you so much, Janelle. I am so grateful for this opportunity to get to know you a little bit more. And I cannot wait to start listening to the season two of your podcast. And thank you so much for being you. Thank you so much for having me. 
Don't forget to go visit www.janellelawrence.com and check out their podcast inside my box right now. Express yourself. It starts with you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Love Live Life podcast. Don't forget to visit my website, Yugo. It's lovelivelife.com, and I'd love to connect you there. You can sign up to my weekly newsletter or join my Patreon community and talk more about art, people, and social good. Till next story, let's stay connected.